0: And now, WMCA proudly presents the mystery. Come in. Welcome. I'm Tammy Grimes. All of us have seen, and perhaps many of us have hung, those little signs from the knobs of hotel room doors which say, Do not disturb. Do not disturb when you analyze its meaning, is a polite way of saying, don't bother me. And in this context, it becomes an invisible sign that hangs from millions of doors all over the world. Don't bother me. I don't want to hear bad news. Please, don't rock the boat. How many times, and in how many ways, and to how many people, as each of us said, do not disturb.
1: I promised her, I promised Vera Svetik I would find the killer. I know, I know. Now just rest. But don't you see? i found you him. You have? Well, that's very good. Now you just need some sleep. You must listen. I've found the killer. All right, all right. I believe you. Don't you want to know who the killer is? Of course I do. Who is he? Who do you think? Me. <laughs>
0: Mystery drama, I Am the Killer, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dang and stars Starsky Adelaide. I'll be back shortly with Act One. You're listening to the Mystery Theater on your conversation station, WMCA, New York. When we think of mystery stories, we think of detectives like Sherlock Holmes, or Hercule Poirot, or Sam Spade or whoever our favorite happens to be. But the fact is the greatest killers in history were not human beings at all, but tiny, mysterious, microscopic murderers. Therefore, the greatest detectives have been doctors and scientists. One of these was a most unlikely of a man who lived and worked almost 150 years ago. Everything about him seemed comical. His bald, bullet-like head, his excitable manner, and he even had a funny-sounding name. Ignash. The time is the early 1840s. We are in a Viennese dance hall. Johann Strauss, the elder, is leading the orchestra. One of the tables is filled with medical students trying to unwind and relax. Excuse me, weren't you at the lecture today?
1: Yes. That's right. You were the one who made a jackass of himself. Me? (laughs) Why did you have to ask Professor Hochmeier that stupid question? If you don't ask questions, how can you learn? (laughs) You're not there to learn. You're not? You are there to pass the course. And thus, you move another step forward toward that certificate, which entitles you to be called Air Doctor. But it wasn't a stupid question. Why is Allodyne the best treatment for influenza? And you heard what he told you. Because that's the way it is. Period. I still don't think it was a stupid question. Maybe not. But you were stupid to ask it. Obviously, he doesn't know the answer. All you did was embarrass him in front of the class. But if he doesn't know the answer, why is he teaching? How can a doctor afford to admit he doesn't know something? The medical establishment would crumble to its very foundations. Our ignorance can kill people. Don't say that. They would die anyhow. Oh, well, forget it. Uh, my name is Johann Kiari. I'm Ignash Semmelweis. Ignash. You, you must be Hungarian. And proud of it. All right, all right. I won't hold it against you. Well, <clears throat> I believe we all came here to dance. You see those girls at the table near the window? Uh, yeah. What do you think? Hmm average. How about the one in the blue dress? Well, if you like that type. A bit thin for my taste. Mm, she'll fatten up as she gets older. And then she'll be too fat. That shouldn't bother you. You're not going to marry her. Oh, oh, but I am, Ignash. I am. Well, then you know her. Why well, I know who she is. Elizabeth Klein. Klein? Yes, indeed, my friend. Daughter of Herr Professor Klein, director of the hospital himself. You're not going to marry her because her father's director of the hospital. Can you think of a better reason? People should marry because they're in love. People should marry for sensible reasons. Then, because they have made the right marriage and they're happy, at that time they fall in love. Well, I think I shall ask Elizabeth to dance. Just like that. That's how it's done. Incidentally, the one in red, uh, what about her? She's related to Count Metternich himself. Metternich? The butcher. Let's not have any of that. Well, true, she's only a poor relation, but he could use his influence for her. How could I possibly have anything to do with a girl who's a Metternich? Do you know what Metternich has done to Hungary? What he wants to do? Such. She's ugly. No, I would say she has a strong face, full of character. She's fat, voluptuous. She's so short, petite. No, I'm not interested. Uh, here I was, trying to put you next to a good thing. She could make your fortune. I'll make my own fortune. Thank you. That was my friend, Ignash Semmelweis. Caustic, abrasive, corrosive, like acid. A constant irritation to his professors. But what causes the disease, Professor Klein?
2: That is not your concern, Herr Summelweis. What is my
1: concern, Herr
2: Professor? Your concern is to show the proper respect to your teachers and your superiors. But how am I being disrespectful? By wasting the time of the class on foolish questions. Uh, Excuse me, Herr
1: Professor, why are these questions foolish?
2: It is not the province of a doctor to determine the cause of a disease. His mission is to cure it. But how can we cure it? With we... yes, some of us, we have already wasted enough time.
1: You could expect it in every class, at every lecture. He would always interrupt to ask, "How can this be proved?" Ignash Johan <laughs> Sit down You mean you're willing to be seen sitting in a cafe with me? A man has to do something dangerous now and then to keep life from becoming too dull Johan, you're the only friend I have Well, that's your fault You're a good fellow, Ignash, But you I know, I know Well, you're much too controversial Why can't you be like everybody else and say Yes, Herr Professor Of course, Herr Professor How right you are, Herr Professor Because that would be telling a lie Their stupidity and arrogance, Johan, at times, it's just too much. These quacks. Not everyone at the hospital is a charlatan. You have men like Kolechka, Skoda. But most of them... Ignash, trim your sails, moderate your tongue. The most important thing is to become a doctor. And then, later... There is no later. There's only now. And I refuse to develop bad habits. What can I tell you? They despised him, but they couldn't deny his brilliance. He was the brightest one of us all. I was made a resident in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology. i like to think it was on merit, but the fact is, I did marry Elizabeth Klein. Ignash was also appointed, simply because there was no way they could have kept him out. And so he reported to me for duty, because I was, after all, his senior. Obstetrics was divided into Division I and Division II. We, the doctors, work in Division I. And who works in Division II? Midwives. Midwives? Yes. Well, Thousands of women still live in the Middle Ages. They believe devoutly that babies should be delivered by midwives. But are we supposed to educate? My dear Ignash, if my own Elizabeth was ever brought in here to deliver, I would insist on placing her in Division II. I don't believe you. The fact is, Division II is a safer place. I can't believe it. Consider the figures. This month alone, 36 out of 200 mothers died of childbed fever in Division I. That's almost one in five. And in Division II, where the midwives work, it's something like one in 20.
3: How is that possible?
1: Mm. And here comes the latest. Yes, the usual procession. It's headed by the lay brother and now the priest. And now the poor dead woman. See, see, they come from Division I. This is terrible. Look at her. The young girl. She's come here to create another human being. To bestow the gift of life.
3: Why did she have to die?
1: You know why she died. She developed childbed fever. It's what carries all of them off. In which ward did she die? You saw she came from Division I. We have to do something about it, Johann. This simply cannot be allowed. Bravo, but can it wait a few hours? At this time, we are due at the morgue to assist Dr. Kolechka on some postmortems. Jakob Kolechka, the greatest anatomist of his day. How we looked forward to the hours we spent with him. A most sweet and gentle person. <laughs> Even Ignash could find no fault with him. After we had performed our dissections... Ignash paused to talk. Talk. Professor, what is the cause of childbed fever?
4: Ah, childbed fever. Ignash, this poor little thing, we have just had her on the table. She died of it. See how we have searched through her body for traces of the killer. But like a thief in the night... It has eluded us.
1: But surely, Professor, there must be some clue.
4: Of course. And it is probably staring us in the face. But we simply cannot see it.
1: They come here, they die by the hundreds. How can we stand by and do nothing?
4: We do what we can. We do what we can.
1: But what is that?
4: Ignash, progress comes slowly in medicine. Problems defy solutions for hundreds of years. And then suddenly, out of the clear blue, the answer is revealed. And meanwhile... Meanwhile, I can only refer you to the philosophy of Hippocrates, who said, Life is short, the art is long, experience is treacherous, and judgment difficult. Perhaps...
1: But I have neither the time nor the temperament for philosophy.
4: Then you must find the time and develop the temperament. Otherwise, you will lose your sanity.
1: What causes childbed fever? What is killing all these women in our hospital?
4: Perhaps one day, Ignace.
1: And that day will not be today. We're due at Division 1 to deliver some babies. corridors. As I look back at it now, how dim and dismal and dingy they were. Ignash was silent. His face was set as if in stone. And Kolechka's the best of them. How can he sleep at night? You'll fall asleep at night too, Ignash, after a while. Listen, another one. You'll get used to that too. I don't want to see it. Let's walk around the other way. It's coming from Division One, isn't it? Yes, Ignace Ignash. Look, if this is how you feel, perhaps you should not have chosen obstetrics. If I hadn't, would that have changed anything? The killer disease would still exist. The women would still be murdered. Where his patients were concerned, I had never seen such tenderness, such sympathy, such concern. She was a little more than a child. And she was ready to give birth to a child of her own. She was poor, ragged, dirty. After all, she was only a charity patient. As he stopped by her cot, she grasped his hand.
3: Herr Doctor, Herr Doctor.
1: Yes, my dear? Oh, Doctor,
3: please help me.
1: Of course, that's why I'm here.
3: Save me, Doctor.
1: I'll do everything I can for you, my child. Oh, Doctor, please, please. Don't be afraid. Millions of babies are born every day all over the world. It's a normal. It's natural.
3: Don't let them kill me.
1: No, no, no. No one's going to kill you. Yes.
3: This is the place where they kill the mothers right in here.
1: Now, who's been telling you stories? It's
3: true, Doctor. I wanted to go into Division Two. That's the place for the mothers who are going to live. Division One. It's where they kill us. Oh, no, no. Ask anyone. My sister died here. My friend Liesel died here. Everyone here gets the fever after the baby is born. Oh, please, doctor. Take me away from here. Put me in Division Two,
1: Please. My dear, you're here now. I'm your doctor. Now, look at me. Do you think I would let any harm come to you? I... Well... I'm Dr. Semmelweis. What's your name?
3: Vera? Vera Svetic?
1: I promise you, Vera, everything will be all right.
3: But I... Oh, the pain, it's, it's starting again. The
1: baby... Now, Vera, you can trust me. Say you trust me.
3: I trust you, doctor.
0: you probably know what has to happen now. Stories that are taken from life and reality must follow a real and lifelike logic. Sometimes there can be more fantastic than the most contrived tales of the most inventive writer's imagination. Our exploration of the human psyche and the human body continues shortly with Act Two. And now, the Mystery Theater continues on W. fight City Hall. How often have we heard it said? Actually, City Hall need not refer to the municipal building that houses the government administration. City Hall has come to stand for the establishment, the established way of doing business, and the established patterns of thought. After all, go back a few thousand years. It was City Hall that forced Socrates to drink the hemlock, and it has been pouring similar beverages for dissenters ever since.
3: Please, Doctor. Don't let me
0: die. I promise you, Vera, Uh, I'll do everything I can. Now, don't be afraid.
1: You're going to have a beautiful baby. And she did. It was a classical textbook delivery. No complications at all. Everything smooth and regular as clockwork. Absolutely nothing went wrong. Doctor? Here's your son, Vera.
3: My My son. Oh, and it's a boy. Yes? Heaven be praised.
1: You wanted a boy, didn't you?
3: Oh, yes, Doctor, yes. This world is no place for a girl, especially for the kind of girl she would have to become. A girl like me.
1: But you're a very nice girl, Vera.
3: Where else could she grow up, if not where I grew up? On the streets? And where else could she earn her living? But on the streets, it isn't as if she has a father who's a millionaire or a grand duke. Who is her father? I. I. I don't know.
1: Well, you get some sleep now. You had a hard morning.
3: Yes, doctor. How do you feel? All right.
1: How does she look to you, Johann? Oh, pulse seems regular. Breathing appears normal. Color is fine. Yes, I thank the good Lord this one will survive. The following day, Ignash asked for and received a short leave from his duties. He disappeared from sight. I was at a complete loss to account for it. I was his best friend and he hadn't told me a word. Where had he gone? What was he up to? Some days later, as unexpectedly as he had vanished, he returned to the hospital. Please... Don't ask me where I've been, Johan. I can't tell you. And here, I thought we were such good friends. We are. Believe me, we are, but I... Maybe I can tell you. You were always so pale, but now your face, your hands are burned by the sun. It appears you've been outdoors quite a bit. Why? I can't tell you. Well, again, maybe I can tell you. You've been drilling. Drilling? What are you saying? With that crazy band of revolutionists... The citizen's army. Army? (laughs) Rabble is more like it. Oh. Why have you worked so hard? So that you could throw your life and your career away on some barricade? We are doctors. We are above politics. But we are not above humanity. We are not above freedom. We are not above justice. I should have known better than to get you started. All right, let's get to work. I've got a great deal of catching up to do. How are things in our maternity division? No better. They still die. Yes. And nobody does anything.
4: Nobody knows
1: anything. That young girl, how is she? Well, which young girl? You know, the one who begged me to transfer her to Division II. I don't know. There are so many of them. They come and go so quickly. What was her name? I can't seem to remember. Oh, no. Not another one. Why? Why do they have to march like that through the hospital corridors? Come now. You, you can't get angry at everything all the time. Reverend Father, what is the name of the... Uh...
4: Um, my son, we pray for the soul of Verasvetik.
1: Verasvetik. That was her name. I remember now. That was her name. No, she, she can't be dead. I promised her she would live. She cannot be dead. But she was. From a living, breathing human being, she had become a statistic. The 37th victim claimed by childbed fever that month. We were well on our way to a record. We went to the morgue for our session with Dr. Kolechka. Ignash gave him no rest. She came to you here?
4: Yes, Ignash.
1: You did the post-mortem?
4: Yes, yes, Ignace. What did you see? What did you find? What did you learn? The answer to all three questions, nothing.
1: There is a killer running loose in our maternity division. We must find
4: that killer. And we will. We will search through the body. We will keep looking through the tissue. The murderer is in there. Right now, we cannot see him. But he cannot hide forever. If we live long enough and work hard enough, in time, we will learn all the answers.
1: But we cannot expect to live forever. In time, both Ignash and I were promoted. I became Dr. Klein's surgical assistant. True, I had married his daughter, but I liked to think it was on merit. Klein surprised everyone by naming Ignash, head of maternity, Division one. Now the ward was his to run as he saw fit. He could tell the other doctors what to do and how to do it. Why? Why has Klein given me this promotion? Because you deserve it. No. No, I don't believe that. No, he has some ulterior motive. Ignash, sometimes you have to give even a man like Klein credit for a decent action. Of course. Of course, it's obvious. Division one is a disgrace. All Vienna knows it's a death trap. And he's made me its chief to frustrate me, to destroy my reputation. Why can't you believe he gave you the job because he knows you're the best man? If anyone can stop the deaths that take place there, you are the one. You think so? Let's find out. I'll challenge him. I'll ask him for money, for personnel. So that I can experiment and do research. Yes. I'll throw down the gauntlet. No, no, don't do that. Listen to me. Don't demand. Appeal to his vanity. Say to him, uh, uh, Dr. Klein, I have learned so much from you. You have been such an inspiration to me. What? I want to work under your wise, guiding hand. Do you think he would swallow such, such bald-faced flattery? He would eat it up. I know him. I am not concerned with flattering the vanity of Herr Dr. Klein. I will to save the women who are condemned to die of childbed fever. Unless you do the first, you will have no chance to accomplish the second.
2: Yes, Dr. Sammelweis.
1: Dr. Klein, I sent you a letter proposing some experimental techniques that might be used in divining the causes of childbed fever. Oh, yes, yes, I looked at it. What do you think?
2: I think we can put our time and our money to far better use, Doctor. Better use?
1: What can be better than discovering the killer of thousands of women each year? What can be
2: more important than learning the cause of childbed fever? We know the cause of childbed fever. We do? Of course. Dr. Semmelweis, you are a good physician, but you are always crusading and stirring up a fuss about one thing or another. ...so you neglect to listen to those who might be able to give you wise counsel. What is the cause of childbed fever, Dr. Klein? Miasmic, telluric influences. (laughs) Dr. Klein, I'm serious. Are you saying I am not? Miasmic, telluric influences? You have never heard of them? Yes, but it's... uh, But what? I thought it was a joke. Why would it be a joke... Miasmic
1: telluric influences. What it says is that childbed fever is caused by a miasma. A kind of
2: poisonous vapor
1: that arises from decaying animal or vegetable matter.
2: You have stated it quite succinctly, Dr. Semmelweis. And when these vapors arise from a swamp, they cause malaria. But that's impossible. Impossible? Why? How do you
1: account for the fact that childbed fever only attacks the women in Division One? We are not required to account for it. Why not the same fatalities in Division Two? Look,
2: fate, predestination, take your pick. But none of these have anything to do with medical science. This is superstitious nonsense. Really, Dr. Semmelweis, this interview is over.
1: heard all about it, Ignash. You did everything you shouldn't have. Oh, the man's an idiot. True, but he's your idiot. You have to work with him. Miasmic, telluric influences. Why don't you transfer to another service? I did, and my life is so much happier. No more childbed fever. I broke my promise to Verisvetic. She's not the only one who died. To me, she represents all of them. Every woman in that ward who looks up at me with hope and trust in her eyes. And I betray them all. Just as I betrayed her, I'm going to find that killer, Johan, if it's the last thing I do. It may well be, but what's the first thing you're going to do? Klein says that those who are placed in Ward 1 are predestined, marked by fate, to die. I'll make him eat those words. But what are you going to do? Come down to Division 2 and watch me.
5: Good morning, Dr. Semmelweis.
1: Good morning, Sister Margaret. How are things in Division II today?
5: Very fine, Dr. Semmelweis. They haven't had a single case of childbed fever here in over a week. Yes, so I understand. Tell me,
1: how do you account for it?
5: How do I account for it? Is the doctor asking me? Yes, since, uh, since the doctor honors me, just an ignorant midwife with that question...
1: Never mind this nonsense. If you suspect anything at all, you must tell me.
5: Since the doctor is speaking frankly, I can only suspect that midwives are more successful at delivering babies than doctors. Obviously. But why? I cannot say, doctor. It has been suggested that the women who come to Division One
1: are destined to die while those who are sent to division two are
5: destined to live. nobody what think of that? Who has suggested this ridiculous
1: theory? Dr. Klein, the director of the
5: hospital. Oh, well then, in that case, it is probably quite valid. Let's find out. We
1: shall move all your ward two patients into my ward one, and, and all my ward one patients in here. Oh, no. No? I am the head of the division, too. I refuse... My good woman, you may be the head of this division, but I am the head of the entire department of obstetrics and gynecology. We will make the change. At once. (sighs) To move all the patients... No, no, no. The patients will remain where they are. The staffs will move. All your women will go and work next door. All my doctors and medical students will come and work in here. And so, we shall see.
0: And so shall we, in Act Three. This is what's known as the scientific method. You prove something by doing it. Seeing is believing. That is, where logical, sensible people are concerned. The problem is we don't seem to have very many of those. At any rate, we shall see. You're listening to the Mystery Theater on your conversation station. WMCA New York. All the things we never think about. All those things we take for granted. Freedom, justice, equality, beliefs... It's so hard to realize how even the most simple propositions, the earth is round. Diseases are caused by germs, as I said. It's so hard to believe that all these things had to be won. People had to suffer and even die before society accepted them. Contrary to Mr. Emerson's belief, if a man builds a better mousetrap, the world does not beat a bath to his door. More often, it beats him to death.
1: they changed the personnel and thus changed the divisions. But this still did not stop the slaughter. The doctors kept losing a number of their patients to childbed fever. The midwives lost many fewer. At least Klein has been proved wrong. What good does it do to prove him wrong? You have to be proved right. Those midwives, they know the answer. I don't believe it. If they knew it, they would tell it. That's just it, Johann. They don't know that they know the answer. How is that possible? I must simply spend my time there. I must observe how they work. I must ask questions. And if you wanted to find Osama Weiss, he was usually poking about Division II, watching, asking questions. The poor midwives were really quite embarrassed. Sister Margaret actually complained to Dr. Klein. And once again... Ignash was treated to
2: a lecture. Do you wish to resign your position as associate head of obstetrics and gynecology, Dr. Semmelweis? No, Dr. Klein, who said that... Obviously, you consider yourself unqualified. You ask the most basic questions of a midwife of all people. We can learn from anyone. From everyone. Really? What can we learn?
1: Perhaps... Answers to those questions that are eluding us. Such as? Such as what causes childbed
2: fever. Again? We know what causes childbed fever. Myasmic, telluric influences. Then why doesn't it cause
1: childbed fever in Division 2?
2: That is not your concern! You are required to deliver these women of their babies. And
1: kill them at the same time.
2: You are not the one who is killing them. No, Doctor. Now, we have had enough of this entire affair. Go back to your work, and do not let me hear another word about that infernal affliction.
1: Sister Margaret.
2: Yes, Doctor?
1: I've noticed something. In your division, you deliver the women while they are lying on their sides. Yes, sir. Now, in Division I, they lie on their backs. Could this have some significance?
5: Why? I don't know. Well, why
1: do you have them lie on their sides?
5: Why? Yes, why? Why? I, I, I don't know. Well, surely there must be a reason. We do it this way because it, it seems to me that we have always done it this way. <sighs> Can you think of any advantages? No. But how does it happen? Doctor, Some years ago, when the division was first formed, probably at the very beginning, whoever was head midwife said this is how women would be delivered. And that is how it's been ever since.
1: If you were the director of this hospital and had absolute powers, what would you do about this childbed fever epidemic?
5: Since you have asked me in confidence, I can only say this. I would do away with all obstetrics and gynecology. I would prohibit doctors from delivering babies. By law, I would restrict that function to midwives.
1: Surely you'll admit that there are certain births that are beyond the skill of a midwife. Certain deliveries that require cesarean surgery. Those women would die without doctors.
5: Admit that. Yes, but most births are simple. Yet more women die from childbed fever. What is obvious, sir, is that the doctors kill more than they save. Are you saying that we doctors are killing these women? Am I? No. I am only saying that more of them die when you deliver them.
1: Well, Ignash, what have you learned from the midwives? We kill more mothers than they do. You haven't found out Why? I need money, Johan. If only I could convince your, your father-in-law. Maybe you could say something to him. Your name is Tabur on the house, Ignash. And the fact that I'm your friend doesn't endear me to him either. We cannot save the living, but we can learn from the dead. The doctors on my service will have to work closer in the morgue with Dr. Kolechka. Poor Ignash. Maybe the answer is staring you in the face. Probably. they did work, without let-up. It becomes a matter of pride. They were young doctors and students, and Ignash had fired them with his enthusiasm or fanaticism. And day after day, they all studied with Kalichka in the morgue. And then, one morning, a seemingly trivial event occurred. Gentlemen, on the table is a woman who has been killed by our nemesis, Childbed Fever. Dr. Kolechka will lead the study, and one of you shall assist him in the dissection. Uh, let me see. Uh, Herr Schleuter, this will be your first time. Step forward. Dr. Kolechka.
4: Oh, yes, yes. Uh, young man. Herr Schleiter, is it? Now, uh, pick up the scalpel. And make a lateral incision here. Across... No, 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 no. You cannot cut so deeply, young man. You are not slicing a melon. Gently. Here. No, no, no. Here, let let me hold your hand. And now to get... Ah. Oh. I'm sorry, doctor. Doctor. No, no, no. It is all right. It's all right. It's just a cut. Here, let me... No, 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 no. It's a hazard all of our anatomy instructors must live with. You see, it bleeds cleanly. It is not very deep. I'll address it myself. Uh, well, Dr. Summermas, will you finish the demonstration? Yes,
1: of course, Herr Doctor. Suddenly, things went badly in Division I. The death rate, always high, went even higher. Ignash went without sleep. He spent days and nights at the hospital. I was afraid his health would be broken. Ignash, you must get some rest. Does the killer ever take a rest? The killer? Yes, the killer. The killer that stalks my Division one, The killer that strikes without mercy and at random. The killer that is never sated but needs more and more victims. Ignash, I think I once said the answer might be staring you in the face. Well, it is, I don't see it. Do you see it? Do you see it, Johan? Perhaps. Then tell me. Tell me. Who killed my little baristhetic? Providence. Providence? <laughs> been infected by your father-in-law? A kindly providence. Kindly? Mm. Poor Svetik. First a child, and then a woman of the streets. Well, what did she have to look forward to? Cold, hunger, disease? Well, how much longer did she have to live in any of them? I can't believe you're saying this, Johan. All of the... well, most of them. Who are they? The homeless, the waifs... The prostitutes, the dregs of society. They're human beings. Of course. But perhaps they're better off dead. No one is better off dead. Maybe this is nature's way. Nature? Yes, nature is cruel. Nature sends us wars and famines and pestilence. Why? So that we are not crowding one another off the face of the earth. And that's why they die of childbed fever. Well, it could be the reason. I cannot accept it. I will not accept it. The killer will be caught, and I shall catch him in the morgue. I go now to work with Dr. Kolechka. His eyes were so feverish. He seemed so excited. I was afraid to let him go alone. And just as well. When we arrived at the morgue, we were greeted by a shattering piece of news. The place was empty, except for the porter. Where's Dr. Kolechka? Oh, haven't you heard, sir? Haven't I heard what? Why is there no class being held here?
4: Well, Dr. Kalechka is dead. Dead?
3: No, that's impossible.
4: He... He can't... Kept... I, I am sorry, Your Honor. But I spoke to him just a few days ago. I tell you, he was in perfect health. Yes, sir. They say he died of blood poisoning.
1: Yes, that is exactly what had happened to Jakob Kolechka. A great doctor, an even greater human being. Blood poison. That's what the diagnosis had been. And that's what the post-mortem had proved. How? How did he get it, Ignash? How? Uh, it might have been... Wait. I know. You know? Yes, and you do too. Or you should. How would I know? You were there when it happened. You saw it happen. What? Schleiter, that clumsy, heavy-handed medical student. He was assisting Kolechka at an autopsy. Well, what does this have to do Schleuder with... didn't know how to make the proper incision. Kolechka held his hand to give him a feel of the right pressure. The knife slipped in Schleiter's fingers and cut Kolechka. You saw it. That's how Kolechka became infected. That's how? And that's how they get it. That's how... who gets what? The women! That's how they get childbed fever! Now, wait. We were talking about blood poisoning. Isn't that precisely what childbed fever is, Johan? Johan! I've been searching for the killer day and night without rest, and I found him! Do you know who he is? Me. I am the killer. Ignash, you need some rest, some sleep. I, I am the killer. I killed Vera Svetik. I came from the morgue with the infection on my hands, loaded with diseases. I came to Division One to deliver babies. I killed Vera Svetik. All of us killed her. Ignash, you can't just blame yourself. Why? Why don't they die in Division Two? It's so simple. Midwives do not perform autopsies. Midwives do not attend pregnant women with diseases on their hands. Why didn't we see it? Why couldn't we see it? Now listen to me. Here's what we're going to do. Every doctor, every student who comes into Division One will first wash his hands with soap and water and then rinse them in chlorine. Those are my orders. were his orders, and the basins were supplied. And as you can well imagine, there was considerable complaining and grumbling, and Dr. Klein fairly exploded. What
2: is this nonsense, Dr.
1: Semmelweis? This nonsense has been in effect for almost two weeks, and in that time we have had not one single death due to childbed fever. How do you account for that, Dr. Klein?
2: Very simple. The miasmic telluric influences are obviously on the wind. idiot what does it
1: take to make him admit his mistake don't you understand ignash he can't afford to admit that all these deaths could have been prevented by just a few basins of chlorine solution he has to fight you to the end i am the killer johan all this time i was the killer
0: It took years before everyone finally saw what should have been obvious in the first place. We say there are none so blind as those who will not see. It might be illuminating to find out why so many people prefer the darkness to the light. I shall return shortly. And now, the Mystery Theater continues on WM. What happened to Dr. Semmelweis afterward? He had to spend the rest of his short life defending his findings, even though you would think they spoke for themselves. In the end, the struggle broke his health and destroyed his mind. He had to be placed in a sanitarium for the insane. And the final irony, he died of blood poisoning. The knife slipped in his hand while he was performing an autopsy. And so even though he had defeated the killer, in the end, the killer had defeated him. Our cast included Keir DeLay, Lloyd Batista, Manuel Kramer, and E.V. Juster. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Raven House Paperback Mysteries. This is Tammy Grimes, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time. Pleasant dreams.